Ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing our series about Grand Duke and Duchesses of Luxembourg. Prepare yourselves for a roller coaster of fragile antiques as we dive into the dazzling life and times of none other than the fabulously named Grand Duchess Charlotte, Adelgund, Elizabeth, Mary, Wilhelmine of Luxembourg. Picture this. A grand entrance into the world as the second daughter of the Grand Duke Guillaume IV and the ever so posh Grand Duchess Maria Anna. Not only that, but she was also born with the jaw dropping title of Princess of Braganza. Quite the mouthful, isn't it? Now hold on to your tiaras, because Grand Duchess Charlotte wasn't just any Duchess. She wore the crown of Grand Duchess of Luxembourg from the Grand Year of 1919 all the way to the grand finale of her abdication in 1964. That's right folks, we're talking a royal reign that lasted longer than some people's entire Netflix binge-watching sessions. And if you thought her regular resume was impressive already, buckle up for the family chapter. She not only held court, but also had six bouncing royal babies with none other than the Dachshund Prince Felix of Bourbon Parma literally one year after the other, starting from 1921. I would have died. But also, kinda understandable if you just want to get it over with. That's right, folks, this royal duo managed to balance diaper changes and diplomatic meetings. Talk about multitasking in style. But let's rewind a little bit to her early years, when our future Grand Duchess was just a sprightly young princess with a taste for adventure. She and her five sisters were the first to get proper lessons in the obscure, at the time, Luxembourgish language and culture. Where had the curve, I must say? And then came the moment that she could rival the juicy soaped opera plot twist. Her accession to the throne. You see, her sister, Maria Delaide, Duchess at the time, had gotten herself entangled with the Germans during the World War I. And the Luxembourgish parliament wasn't too pleased with her choices. So they kindly asked her to step down, and the people of Luxembourg had their say in the referendum, voting in favour of keeping the monarchy and crowning Charlotte as the Grand Duchess. Democracy at its finest. And step up she did, with all the flair of a seasoned performer. Picture this. On a fateful day in 1919, Charlotte stood before a delegation of deputies, raising her right hand and solemnly swearing an oath of office. There were yais and nice, like a theatrical voting scene straight out of sitcom. Drama level? Royal. Oh, but that's not all. Charlotte was not just a run-of-the-mill ruler. She was a trendsetter, a peony, a queen, ahead of her time. She was the first sovereign to address the population in the Luxembourgish language, bringing a personal touch to the throne and melting hearts all around. She didn't study it from cradle for nothing after all. And speaking of hearts melting, let's fast forward a bit to the 1930s, when Luxembourgers were facing the danger of annexation but none other than Nazi Germany. The drama was intense. World War II burst into the scene, bringing its twists, turns and international intrigue, fit for a spy movie. The Germans wanted Charlotte back, but she was like, my reasoning says Uwe der Rhein. Join the Allied camp, and went into exile to save her bum. And let's not forget her family, who were the true heroes of this royal saga. Her husband, Prince Felix, was practically a superhero in the British army, 
fighting battles and being all-round awesome, and her son, Prince Jean, joined the British Orage Guards, adding his own dash of bravery to the mix. But the real kicker? Her sister, Princess Antonia of Luxembourg, was caught up in a drama worthy of a blockbuster film. She was deported to the Dachau camp and later to Flossenburg, all while facing trials that could rival any movie villains and takes. Horrible times. But fear not, for this tale has a triumphant twist. Charlotte, with the tenacity of a true heroine, worked tirelessly to secure Luxembourg's independence and recognition. She rubbed elbows with United States President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, jetted across the United States and even took to the airways to rally her people through the magic of radio, also in Luxembourgish. And as if her wartime efforts were not enough, Charlotte continued to make waves post-war. She became an international sensation, jet-setting across the globe like a rock star on a world tour. State visits weren't just limited to neighbouring countries. Oh no, Charlotte took them across the Atlantic, marking the beginning of European integration under her rule. But as all good things must come to an end, Charlotte eventually passed on the royal torch, abdicating the throne in 1964 after a whopping 45 years of reigning. Charlotte lived on through her creative endeavours. She wrote poems in not one, not two, but three languages – English, French and German. She dubbed in painting, drawing and music, and even had a passion for gardening that would make any horticulturist green with envy. And so our tale comes to a close with a grand monument erected in Charlotte's memory, a tribute to a life lived royally and with panache. As you stroll by the Place de Clairefontaine, pay a moment to tip your imaginary hat to the French sculptor Jean Gardot's magnificent bronze statue, a symbol of love and respect from the Luxembourgers. There's one last treat for you. In 2019, as the world celebrated the 100th anniversary of her accession to the throne, current Grand Duke Henry, the grandson, pulled all the stops. He invited the population to a film screening where he paid tribute to his grandmother. The film, titled Liv Letzeburger, which is Dear Luxembourgers for those under the Luxembourg's rock, showcased Charlotte's incredible contributions during World War II and her unwavering dedication to her people's independence. A fitting tribute to a true royal superstar. <laughs>